Hey, man, is that the Rock News Weekly Podcast? Yeah, man. Well, turn it up, man. This is Rock News Weekly. Every week, we bring you all the latest headlines in rock, metal, indie, grunge, alt, and classic rock news. This week's new releases, this week in music history trivia, movies, pop culture, and more. Now on to this week's episode. This week on the Rock News Weekly Podcast, week of November 6, 2023, season 5, episode number 43. This week we talk about Green Day announcing their huge stadium tour for the U.S. and the U.K. in 2024. Dave Grohl releasing an expanded version of his new book, The Storyteller. Pink Floyd is reissuing Adam Hart Mother with newly restored concert footage from Japan. And the 2024 Grammy nominees will be announced this week. Plus, this week in rock and roll history trivia, weekly WTF, and so much more. All of our links are up at rocknewsweekly.com. Watch us live every Sunday, twitch.tv slash rocknewsweekly, and on demand, youtube.com at rocknewsweekly. All right, it is time for the Rock News Weekly Podcast. What's up, everybody? Chris here hanging out. David as well. Hey, y'all. How's it going, man? How was the week? Pretty good. Pretty, Pretty good. good. Pretty yeah. Good. yeah, any, yeah. Uh, any cool, fun, interesting stories? Uh, my daughter got her driver's license. Oh my lord! Yeah, so look out, look yeah, out, we'll roadways. See. Let's let's make sure. I mean, how was that process? You know, <laughs> to be honest, it was kind of long. It was longer, and kids these days are not as motivated to get their driver's licenses. So does she have to do the whole private? Like you, yeah, you, yeah. you pay for the the training and all of that, right? Yeah, we had to do all that, and uh, so she took it. First time she passed. Did she? So. Is she took the test first time on the DMV, aced it. Yep, yep. That's good, man. So it was good, but She's I mean, ready. well, it's one of those things, though. It's like people in this town run the red lights. Oh like yeah, crazy. I know. So I'm a little man. worried. I mean, it's like, well, I am. Obviously, you're gonna be worried when your kid starts driving, but it's like still. I know what you're telling. Just hang back for a while. Yeah. Wait until people are Don't done run, it. running the light. <laughs> That's good advice yep. for anybody out there. Yeah. All right. Let's get to the rock news this week, guys. What do we got for you? Well, we got lots of stories, uh, including this one here about Green Day announcing their stadium tour. Dave Grohl expanding his uh, new book called The Storyteller. Pink Floyd reissuing Adam Hart Mother with some new concert footage. And the 2024 Grammy nominees are going to be announced this week and more. Plus, this week in rock and roll history trivia, all that good stuff, everything, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, all at Rock News Weekly. Check us out. Let's get into it. Tour news, Green Day, big tour uh, with Smashing Pumpkins, Rancid, and the Linda Lindas. Have you heard of the Linda Lindas? I uh, sound very familiar. They're like I believe they're from Japan. Um, young teenage. Yeah, young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All girls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All girl group. Very I've cool. I've seen them on like Instagram. Yeah, they're blowing like up right now. Yeah. So it's they're having a big moment. This is going to be obviously one of their biggest. I think their biggest U.S. tour. Obviously, uh, quite a bill for them. And Smashing Pumpkins there, Rancid. That's a pretty solid lineup. Uh, Green Day doing 30 years of Dookie as well as 20 years of American Idiot. Uh, all celebrating that uh, in what's crazy is 30 years was 1994, and then 10 years later they did American Idiot in 2004. So kind of a convenient year here in 2024 to be celebrating both of those, right? My gosh. Would you go and uh, check this show out, or is this something that you... Yeah, that sounds fun. That's a pretty good one, right? that sounds really fun. Uh, I mean, shoot, those are all, those are all like, that's, that looks like my uh, CD collection. I know, right? Back <laughs> in back 1994, in day, yeah, yeah 1994. besides the Linda Lindas. Yeah. Uh, Friday, September 20th, Oracle Park in San Francisco. Uh, check out the UK dates. 
Nothing But Thieves, who uh, I got a chance to interview, their lead singer, Connor, uh, at Aftershock. And this was the thing he was kind of teasing that they couldn't announce. I was like, you got any plans for next year? He's like, yeah, we got a really big show, but I can't really say anything right now. And this was it. So pretty pretty cool. awesome. Yeah, good for them that they're yeah. uh, open for Green Day on that UK tour. Uh, they got a bunch of dates there with the Interrupters. Uh, who else is on that bill? The Hives the and the, the Do Nots, as well as Made of Ace. I'm not sure who that is. But um, they got a bunch of dates in, looks like Denmark, um, Czechoslovakia, Netherlands, the UK, Ireland. Wow. Yeah, yeah, so all over the place. And then in the U.S., of course, they're going coast to coast, starting out on the East Coast in what looks like late July, early August. And then rolling through our area, finishing out on the West Coast, San Diego. At the end of September, we're getting that date on the 20th. Lots of really cool bands on that one. Make sure you guys check it out. Another big UK tour was announced, uh, Bruce Springsteen and his E Street Band. They're saying it, uh, one of the reviews was saying it was one of the best tours of the year. Um, Springsteen's European tour this year was so successful, he's coming back. It sold over 1.6 million tickets this year, and look at, and they're adding another string of dates. And it, you can see from the picture in the crowd on the bill, like, Good gosh, huge, huge response. How rich is Bruce Springsteen? Pretty darn rich. <laughs> yeah, he's God. one of the highest grossing tours. He's like, in my mind, like an Elton John, you know, type of uh, caliber artist that. I'm guessing in the upwards of hundreds of millions of dollars, you know, that from from touring revenue. Uh, so good for him. I'm, you know, who knows how long you're going to be able to see Bruce Springsteen at this level of him being able to do it. So I'd say get out there and see a show if you can. Right. Yeah. Very cool. May and June and through July for you guys in the UK for Bruce Springsteen next year. Um, speaking of the UK and treasures from it, Pink Floyd releasing an updated and ex expanded edition of their 1970 album, Adam Heart Mother. This is including a Blu-ray disc featuring footage of the title track shot in 1971 at their first ever concert in Japan. And not only that, this was also a significant moment in Japan as Floyd was part of their first ever rock festival in the country, um, which was, they were the headliners. And it was the first ever rock festival and they got concert footage from it. The newly restored footage looks really good. I mean, it's a night and day difference. The original video is like it was shot on a VHS camcorder. It's all blurry. The new footage uh, is way, way more defined. It doesn't have the blurriness, and it's been totally digitally restored. Um, it's, it's amazing. So the reissue of the album is going to be available as a special two-disc package. They're going to have some stuff in there, uh, as you see in the... The photo there, like a recreation of the poster, the original poster that came in Japan, along with some stuff, some stickers, uh, a booklet, one of the actual booklets or a recreation of that booklet from that era and the show. Pretty neat, right? Yeah, that's that's cool looking. I like that I like stuff. like that cow there. Yeah. Uh, of course, the Strom or Storm Thurgisson, um cover there, iconic, one of his most iconic the, ones. Well, just the cow juxtaposed with the uh, Japanese looks very cool that way, I know, right? And then a lot of this um, stuff that um, comes with it, I really like those things that they're adding now to kind of give it a lot of um, history and depth and a little bit of collectability to it. Put some of that stuff on your wall. All right, so that's coming out soon. Check it out. Speaking of books and 
different things like that. Dave Grohl expanding his book. He already put out The Storyteller. Now he's releasing an expanded version of it. It's available in paperback. So the original version was available digitally. Now this is available as a paperback run. The new version offers a wide variety of extra content, including the story of uh, when Dave first met Paul McCartney. I guess that's a, a pretty interesting tale. So it's already been on the New York bestseller list for, um, you know, uh, uh, in 2021 for, for years. So now this expanded version is going to have some extra content. So if you missed it the first time around, this looks to be the better version anyway. It's got the extra stuff, so maybe check that out. Are you interested in something like that? Or it, would do you like kind of like tell-all kind of like history uh, of an artist or a band type of book where it's like, here's how I got my start and... Here's, you know, you know all I the do, people I met I along the like way. I do like knowing the information. For me, um, reading a book is kind of, it's hard for me to read something like that. It'd be much more like an audiobook kind of thing? Or, yeah. yeah, yeah. Throw I mean, it it's on, like, on I mean, trip. if I'm reading something, it always has to be like some sort of thing that's like for work. And <laughs> right. so I, whenever I'm like reading and it's not, whether it's yeah, fiction that's a good point. or whatever, I'm like, gosh, I should be doing this other reading. So That's I mean, it, it's like one of those things. Is I I I do like it, and I probably if I just read for fun, I probably would like it a lot. It would actually. rewire your uh, reading. Yeah, I, as, it, as it is now, it <laughs> it's seems tough, like I, though. No, I, I only get, get to learn this through a documentary film. Right. <laughs> I would much rather watch a film too. Kind of to be honest, I'm I'm just that way. I'm much more like I can get in visually and kind of get yeah. into it, you know, and the atmosphere and everything. So yeah, I hear you. It's a lot, uh, but I think as I'm getting older, I uh, the book stuff does appeal to me a little more like casual and fun reading I, I feel like I'm starting to break into that a little bit I felt like for a good like 20 years there though I could not care less about books man I don't know what it was from like 20 to 40 like in terms of casual reading for me like enjoyable reading I felt like after I got out of college and high school or high school and college I was like I I'm done kind of like reading for a while been through the, <laughs> the entire Steinbeck library I did I did do that I kind of burned <laughs> myself out in high school and then in college I read a lot on audio engineering and recording tricks and techniques and different things and after that I'm like you know I think I'm I'm good for a while and then I think it was also it coincided with the takeoff of the mm. internet too that social media and everything else that in the early 2000s that kind of maybe replaced that subconsciously for me you know who knows I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, I find like lately, instead of grabbing a book, I'm always looking at like Instagram or something. And I'm like, yeah. okay, I need to. Or I'll watch a YouTube video or yeah. something instead of like uh, reading, you know, yeah. how to. All right. So, anyway, uh, Grammy nominations. They're going to be announced this week, guys, on a star studded live stream November 10th. Recording Academy CEO Harvey Mason made the announcement. Um, it's going to have a bunch of different artists on there. Some of them weren't very impressive, but the one that grabbed me. The two, well, three, I guess. St. Vincent, Jeff Tweedy, and Weird Al. I think that's really cool. Uh, there's a bunch of other people on there, John Bon Jovi and, you know, Amy Grant and Vince Gill and stuff Amy like that. Amy Grant. But I, I'd love to see St. Vincent, Jeff Tweedy, Weird Al. Those are uh, some very cool musicians that definitely are deserving of a spotlight, and I'd love to see what they have to say. So it's going to be on Grammy.com live, um, or you can watch it on CBS. They're also going to do it, of course, the actual Grammys themselves, February 4th, uh, 2024, Crypto.com Arena in L.A. It's going to be broadcast on CBS. So Grammys uh, and all the announcements happening this week. So make sure you guys tune in for that. 
Uh, speaking of that, it just happened yesterday. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Uh, it held its 38th annual induction ceremony uh, this past Friday uh, in Brooklyn. It was streamed live for the first time via Disney+. Plus. I don't have Disney+, Plus, so I wasn't able to tune in. Uh, I, I, I watched some of the recap, and it looks really cool. looks good. It, was, it ran long. It was slated to run three hours. I heard it ran five. ABC is going to be broadcasting their own version of it. January 1st. I don't know why it has to take so long uh, to the point where like it's almost like no one cares. At January 1st, it's like New Year's Day? You know what I mean? Yeah, everyone's like, at the zoo. <laughs> or hungover <laughs> yeah. from the party. No one's watching the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction. I just think it's so silly. Like, why January 1st, you know? Like, nearly a month, two months later, anyway. Uh, it's it's out there if you guys want to know all about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. You know, it's one of those kind of divisive things that I don't like to talk about too much. There's always people that do endure, in, in excuse me, deserve induction, like Rage Against the Machine, Willie Nelson, heck, even Missy Elliott, but I, I wouldn't say she's, you know, I think we need to change, like we've talked about it in the past, to just music Hall of Fame, Popular Music Hall of Fame, Fame. Popular Music Hall of Fame, Recording Music Hall of Fame, something like that. Why call it the rock and roll? Because, you know, half the people obviously are very not rock and roll, but there are some very rock and roll people in there, you know? Link Ray, for example, one of the founders of Surf Guitar, definitely like an innovator and deserving of being in there. But DJ Cool Herc, I couldn't really say I'm familiar with, you know, his catalog, I'm sure he has had significant contributions. I don't know. You know what I mean? There's these ones to me as I feel like I'm pretty savvy rock-wise that kind of always come out of left field every year. So it's a divisive thing. Maybe they'll change it. Maybe they won't. Uh, yeah, no. it's just like a. I mean, it's like yeah, I have no tr- I have no problem with them just like changing the name and then it's great. It's great to have all those people getting the award. They should you know? be honored. Yeah, but. Yeah, as rock it's and roll, sti- and Hall that's of the famous. thing I think that makes it sticky is because then it can be like, yeah, we will include this, this like they decide, hey, yeah, we'll include them, but they're not actually rock and roll. Exactly. You know. Yep. So it's like, yeah, just make it clear, and then you can include everyone. You know. I agree. Well, uh, let's get to some birthdays. How about that? Birthday time. David, take it away. All righty. Uh, Reginald Fieldy Arvizu, bassist of Corn, is 54 years old. 54. Look he at that bandana. To, nice he always tight. goes by Fieldy. Do you think his mom calls him Reggie? Yeah, I don't know. That's a good point. And I wonder where Fieldy even comes from. That doesn't sound like a nickname that like anybody would really kind of get, right? I could see him as a young Reggie. Reggie. Yeah. Right? Yeah, definitely. Like before all the tattoos, you know, like... I could Reggie, see that. Reggie, you want to go come over and play ball? Yep. Fieldy, yeah. what, maybe because he, he used to just hang out in the field by himself. Out in Bakersfield? Maybe is that why? That's maybe why. He's a fieldy? He's from Bakersfield area, Bakersfield, Fieldy. Well, then we need to have someone named Baker. Yeah. That makes right. sense. I think we cracked the code. <laughs> Carter Beauford, uh drummer of Dave Matthews' band, is 65 years old, though that is disputed. But look at a recent picture of him, I guess. People were saying um, he kept his beard after COVID. 
and he like he was holed up for a while. Yeah. And, uh, just kept that beard, and he's never he's always been like a baby face dude. He's yeah. always been a baby face guy, so it's funny to kind of see him with that big old beard. So he looks he's in his uh, athletic <laughs> wear there. Yeah. The drums. I mean, it is a it is an athletic. Thing yeah, I do love having like a shirt like that when I'm playing drums. It feels like. Uh, nice and loose. A lot easier to move. Yeah, not like tied on the shoulders. Sweat doesn't stick. Well, yeah, it's like drummers always have their shirts off. Yeah. Um, Bobby Doll, bassist of Poison, is 60 years old. I do like that bass. I think that's, nah, that's a pretty, pretty. That's a pretty cool. Well, I was gonna say that about uh, old Reggie Fieldy's bass has those nice. Yeah, he always has. Um, yeah, he's always got. Um, they're like black light responsive color. Strings, they'll have like bright pink, bright purple, bright yellow, something like that. That goes with new metal, <laughs> right? It is very new metal, all black, but then something very you know. late 90s yeah. to have a black light yeah. responsive anything. Yeah. <laughs> uh, David Pegg, former bassist of Jethro Tull, is 76. Chris uh, Difford, singer, guitarist, and lyricist of Squeeze, is 69 years old, and the great Art Garfunkel. Singer of Simon and Garfunkel is 82. That's right, he is. Uh, all right, what do we got? Some uh, trivia? So let's do some trivia. All right, trivia time. What do we got this week? Oh, that's right. 2002. This week in 2002, this musician is inducted into the Nashville Songwriters Hall of Fame. Who was it? Was it A, Neil Diamond, B, Bob Dylan, C, Robert Plant, or was it D, Tin Pan, Ali Crosby, the traveling cocaine troubadour of Manhattan? <laughs> wow, that's a Tin Pan Alley. That's a good that's a good title for him. Now, what exactly is a cocaine troubadour? That's a good is question. He sing of cocaine? Yeah, I think he's more of like the the man I bring you a tale of <laughs> the gold. man or myth of behind the ethos of cocaine I see <laughs> the 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 uh, harbinger of right cocaine yes is, yes is sort of okay <laughs> um 2002 this musician was inducted the Nashville Singwriters uh let's see um 2022 years ago yeah 22 years ago let's go with Bob Dylan Bob Dylan all right that's a good guess. You are absolutely correct. Yes. Here's uh, the, I copied and pasted from the um, Hall of Fame's website. His induction year was 2002. Um, you know, we don't need to know all, all about the stuff there. It's but from Duluth. Yeah, Duluth, yeah, eh? Duluth, eh? Duluth, Minnesota. Beautiful town. Uh, Robert Allen Zimmerman uh, traveled to New Jersey to, met, to meet one of his folk songwriting idols, Woody Guthrie. And then after singing in the folk clubs in Manhattan, he was discovered by Columbia Records talent scout John Hammond. First album, 1961, Peter, Paul, and Mary started covering some of his tracks. And there you go. Took off. Very good. Kind of crazy, huh? It's Yeah, it's wild. <clears throat> it's a hard scrabble kid from... And Minnesota. it takes 50 years sometimes to get recognized. 2002, and <clears throat> he started in 62, basically, 61, whatever. Yeah, what do you think the hang-up was there? I don't know. I mean, he seems like one of the best songwriters of our generation. 
Well, it, t- it took like 50 years to kind of get in that Nashville Songwriters Hall of Fame. Yeah, was it one of those category things? Maybe that's what it is that he's not considered country or that's because it's of, that's Nashville. That's a weird but. thing. Like, I mean, what is the difference between country and folk? I don't know. What exactly is It's a good point. And I wonder if he was in the rock. He's got to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, Bob Dylan. So I wonder when he was inducted then. You know, if it was before um, his induction into the Songwriters Hall of Fame. I wonder. Yeah. Know? I kind of wondered, like, for a while there, it seemed like the difference between uh, country and folk was just, like, a cultural... Kind of you know, was. The music was very similar, but, yeah. like, the folk was, Co- like, cultural northern thing. and country was southern. Or yeah, like, we like don't that. care for that. Yeah. You know, that whole, like, you know, you know, a southern man don't need Neil Young around type of attitude. Yeah, that, yeah, like, yeah. Leonard Skinner kind of touched on. All right, well, we got an, uh, the albums. Uh, I don't have the new music, so... Take your time. There's no. I'm not gonna put the 30 second timer on here. Is, is this? Is I have this to redo really the timer. Like it's not as long, but okay. okay. But it's it's still it's not. You're not. Gonna I'm gonna do, do it, it as seconds. fast as I can. <laughs> don't try not. No. Don't do, okay. don't do it. Okay, okay. Don't do it too crazy. Do it. You know, fast, but not nothing too wild. And here we go. Go for it. Angra, cycles of pain. Atreyu, a torch in the dark. Uh, Axioma, primal descent. Bad wolves die about it. Brickville. Th- uh, four. Is that what that <laughs> I is? guess, I, yeah. I, 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 I. Carnal Tomb. I like I, 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 I. Right? I, 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 I. <laughs> uh, Crystal Coffin, The Curse of Morta- Immortality, Degrave, Volume, Dirty Honey, Can't Find the Breaks, Drop 19s, Hard Light, Dying Wish, Symptoms of Survival, Fuming Mouth, Last Day of Sun, Goatcraft, Prophet <laughs> of Eternal Damnation, Gong, Unending Ascending, Gozer, the path always leads to the end. Green lung, the heathen land. Gypsy pista, uh, pistoleros. Oh, that's not very nice there. Uh, Duende, a go-go loco. Insomnium, songs of the dusk. Contrast, mad world. Cranium, scriptures of the vicennial uh, defile. Wow, I do yeah. not. I don't even know. I don't even want to think about that. Light beams, wildlife. Melancholia, Book of Ruination, Mourn, Engraved with Pain, Mortuary Drape, Black Mirror, Mugshot, uh, Mugshot Cold Will EP, um, Painted Black, Famine, Sem- Samael, Rebellion, yeah. Satan's Fall, Destination Destruction. That must be like uh, some Christian rock there. I think that's a totally uh, kid-friendly uh, kids album, actually. Well, but it's all about the Satan's Fall. Yeah, so, so it's he's, like... he's failed. You yeah, know? he's so failed. There you go. So, yep. Right? Um, <laughs> seventh Crystal, Infinity, Silent Planet, Super Bloom, Spirit Box, The Fear of Fear. Oh, that's the... Fear, fear. Uh, Strigoi. What is that? Bathed Strigoi. in the black sun. Strigoi. <laughs> I'm making for you, Strigoi. Bathed in the black sun. Bathed in the black sun here in Napoli. Um, suffocation. Hymns from the Apocrypha. Uh, Tiffy. Of course. So serious. UFO. Too hot in Tokyo. I like uh. Mammoth. Crookhead. <laughs> Watane. Die in fire. Um, and then Zot. Or Zoth. Zoth. Eco exogalactic, pretty inter- pretty interesting ones, huh? Zoth, Zoth, U- Ufa mammoth, <laughs> and UFO, right? That's tricky, right there. Good stuff, huh? Good job. I'll be sure to get out and pick up all those. All I think, you, those. yeah, you have all of them already. Actually, I yeah. need to borrow some. Uh, sad news this week: uh, Matthew Perry uh, passing away. 
And, of course, everybody's devastated, especially the cast of Friends. James Burroughs, one of the directors, appeared on the Today Show. Kind of let everybody know how everybody's doing. Everybody asked about Jennifer Aniston, Courtney Cox, Lisa, all that stuff. And he said, quote, I had texted the girls the day we found out they were destroyed. It's a brother dying. Perry passed away unexpectedly at the age of 54 when he was found dead in the early afternoon by his assistant in his hot tub. No foul play is expected. But kind of a crappy way to go. Yeah, it's really too bad. It was kind of strange, though. Um, He had already passed away. And about two days later, I got a push notification. I have the BBC app. Uh And I have this special push notification when it's like a really important thing. Like super important. It goes, do-do-do-do-do. It like makes this noise. And (laughs) I'm like, whoa. Like it's like for things like Ukraine is being attacked by Russia or something. I get one, and I'm like, oh, crap, what just happened? I pick it up and look, and it was literally this story. <laughs> the, hi, the, the headline was, Friends Director Says Cast Destroyed by Matthew Perry's Death. And you and got that like, as an immediate important update? I, I literally, like, stopped everything else to look <laughs> and thought, come on. Like, I mean, I'm sad that for him. No, yeah. I will say, though, I never watched that show. No, you, you weren't a friend. Oh, man, I... So I love my wife. Uh-huh. Uh, she so loves you had to friends. watch it all. She loves Friends, so now I watch Friends. But I just don't get it. Nah, well, I, I mean, get it. there's not much I mean, to I, get. I understand how that is, though. There's not much to get. But what I didn't like, I have this conversation with my wife about two shows. Seinfeld, well, no, three, actually. Seinfeld, Frasier, and Friends. I feel like those were very popular in the late 90s. During a time when none of us understood the jokes. <laughs> As teenage kids, we don't know why he has a re- uh, vendetta against Red Sob in Seinfeld. We don't get that joke. We don't get the whole like living in an apartment lifestyle jokes. Yeah, We don't yeah, get yeah. the love life jokes, cheating, infidelity, the mailman, Newman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. None of that stuff makes sense until you're an adult. Yeah, yeah. The same thing with Friends to me, is the same type of show. The same thing with Frasier, to me, is the same type of show. So when I hear somebody, one of my peers... Oh, it's my favorite. Oh, I love Frasier. I love Friends. When I was 13, 15, 16 years old, how do you even understand any of those jokes? Yeah, I mean, maybe that's that's a good analysis because... God. Watching them, I just I didn't get it at all. No, I, like I don't think I, I ever watch laughed now at an episode of Friends. I know, right? Kid, it's not know? that. I just type, haven't looked at it. It's again. not that type of show where it's a laugh out loud funny show. It's more of just situational humor that you only get as adults. Like I, I don't see how it's popular for kids. It's more of a nostalgia. It, I think yeah, almost yeah. like a memeable like yeah, joke memeable type thing. thing. Now it's like yeah, Friends. Yeah. It? Yeah. See, look, I dress like... And uh, Joey, he does, you know, hey, hey, yeah. he's doing stuff and, you know... I'm ch- stupid, and, you know, that you kind know, of... Chandler's a goofball and, and uh, Ross is, uh, un- you know, everybody hates him. You know, he's unbearable or whatever you call it. And it's those things that you don't get until you become an adult and then you see people that fit those archetypes in your life and you're like, oh... I see. That's what... I get I it, you know, and I get it now, right? But... And I went off on a whole tangent. On oh, that. that's interesting stuff. That's, <laughs> I just, uh, you know, that's a good, that's a good uh, critique. And maybe there. that's why now, maybe you could watch an episode or two now and enjoy it. And well, maybe not enjoy it, but you would get 
you would understand it more at least. Well, I mean, it makes sense as to why of all of those shows, the only one that I did like was Seinfeld because they had the goofy like Kramer. Right. You know, you know, it's like the comic relief, like, and that was the part I could get, and like the, you know, the sort of strange. Um, Attitudes and affects that the characters had, but aside right. from that, like, yeah, probably a lot of it I just didn't get. A lot of it now when you'll go, get oh! as, and you're like, I don't know why they're all saying that. <laughs> a lot of it I get now as an adult, like the subtle stuff, like Jerry having his total, his um stuff totally packed with breakfast cereals. Have you ever noticed that? Oh yeah. In Seinfeld, he has like about 15 different like breakfast cereals in there. If you go in my pantry right now, I have about six different. They're all health, they're healthy. They're not like the shitty ones he has on the show. But I have a weird thing. Like I love trying new different ones and <laughs> different flavors and stuff like that. And I get it as an adult. As a kid, I would not. I don't get that. You know. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, you know. So anyway, it's those types of things. I feel like. And now a message from one of our sponsors. Hey, Dad. You got anything better than water or Gatorade for my workout? You bet, son. I have the latest protein power drink courtesy of Crow's Milk. No thanks. I've had that protein-based dairy product that gives you the power of a crow before, but it's too smooth for my liking. <laughs> I have just the thing for you, slugger. It's the new Crow's Milk Chuggers. Chuggers, huh? What's that all about? Chuggers is still the protein-based dairy product that gives you the power of a crow but now in a more unrefined, natural, raw curd sort of way. You mean like the consistency of chugging down a warm bottle of cottage cheese? That's right, Lalo. It's best served at room temperature on the brink of spoiling. That way you activate the crow-powered enzymes and sugars to release your full potential. Here, try some. <coughs> That's the worst thing I've ever tasted, and the consistency was like oatmeal. But somehow I feel the power of a crow activating inside me. Whoa! Who's that cool middle-aged man that's dressed like a crow over there? Hey, bros. I'm Crow McChuggins. Here to chug down some chuggers with you to get you chugging pumped. Yeah! And don't forget, chuggers is best served warm when you leave it out in the hot sun for at least two hours to reach its full potential to release all the enzymes of those crow eggs and fortify those nutrients. Ugh, I think I'm starting to feel nauseous. It feels like a thousand knives are piercing my intestines right now. Oh, don't worry. That means the special crow powers are activating right now, fortifying your insides with true chuggers power. Dad, call an ambulance. <laughs> As we say, if it doesn't tear up your insides and send you to the ER, it ain't chuggers. beast. <laughs> Trademark. It's one of those things. All right, well, this is a kind of a bummer of a story for Steven Tyler. Kind of a, a thing that's happening here, though. But Steven Tyler being accused of sexual assault now by a second woman. So the first time it came up, it almost kind of got swept under the rug. Here's a picture of him and the first woman that was actually um, um, suing him for sexual assault last year. Her name is Julia Holcomb. Now this new lady is a former child model, Janine Bellino, or Jeannie. Uh, Jeannie Bellino. I couldn't find a picture of her. 
Like, so I don't know if, like, her lawyers have done a really good job of, like, scraping her from the Internet. I could not find a picture of that lady. And so that's kind of interesting to me. She claims that her and her friend were supposed to meet the group at the Warwick Hotel. This is about 1975. She was 17. Steven Tyler was 27. He was. She was walking down 6th Avenue. Tyler and his entourage reportedly asked Tyler about his lyrics. Lyrics. Um, then Tyler allegedly forced her into a phone booth and assaulted her. Rolling Good Stone report, reports that the lawsuit states while holding her captive, he stuck his tongue down her throat, put his hands on her, her breasts, buttocks, her genitals, moving, removing clothing, pinning her against the wall. And as Tyler was mauling and groping, he was humping her, pretending to have sex with her. Uh, others stood by outside the phone booth laughing as passerbys watched and witnessed nobody uh, in the entourage intervened. Uh, the lawsuit, I don't want to get into detail, but he was erect. It was evidence. Good golly. Uh, he was not wearing underwear, wearing thin pants, doing this whole thing. So what do you think of those details there? Um, just after hearing that, to me, it's like, that's pretty damning evidence. It sounds very specific. And, uh, you know, I don't know. Yeah, unfortunate it sound, it's unfortunately, it sounds very 1975 uh, rock and roller kind of, you know, or just uh, what's that guy's name? Um, uh, kind of looks like Steven Tyler, long hair, but he's Russell British. Brand. Russell Brand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sounds like that kind of garbage. It you says know? it went back to the hotel. Rockstar allegedly grinded and forcibly kissed her again, despite her resisting. Summoned to his room. So yeah, uh, you know, uh, interesting. I, I mean, I it sounds. It's kind of crazy that this stuff, I mean, what t- you know, people are always going to say, what took you so long to kind of, that happened in 1975, right? And uh, she's been living with that for almost 50 no, years. No, but I mean, it's like one of those things where I could, I just, I could see how she wouldn't have told yeah, people for sure. a while for a number of reasons, you know? Yeah. Um, but it's good now that she has. If, Obviously. You know, it's, it's like... I man, I just but I can't get over looking at that picture that they just look like twins. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Maybe you thought that oh you look like myself. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Well, um, you know we'll yeah, see how this plan no good. plans no out good or plays out, and you know Aerosmith on their big f- farewell tour. I hope you know. I wonder if it, I don't think anything like that would have anything to do with them delaying the tour dates. Is his vocal things. But who knows? I mean, if he's got to do court stuff or he's wrapped up into that, maybe they want to wait until all that's subsided. Yeah. You know, before they hit hit, hit the road. So, all right. Well, uh, news from around the world. We got a couple stories left. This crypto mogul. So, just real uh, quick, how do you feel about cryptocurrency? Yeah, not not a fan. Not a fan. No. (laughs) What do you think? Just like to me, uh, my opinion is is like I feel like it's just like this flash in the pan fake bs that's going to eventually disintegrate into nothing yeah it seems like it pretty much has you know it's uh, it hasn't and, and that's what we're going to talk about here is this guy sam bankman freed the count, c- founder of the defunct cryptocurrency ftx i remember hearing about ftx yeah, ftx yeah. was a big it's one right to solve all the well it was the currency exchange right it's right to solve all the problems of of uh, cryptocurrency uh, 
sort of all the different forms of cryptocurrency. Right, global traded. stuff and being yeah. able to like funnel it into this one thing and have it be like a global currency. Yeah. Well, man, Manhattan judge found him guilty of stealing some $8 billion in money deposited by his customers. 31-year-old, this guy. $8 billion. $8 billion. That's a man. lot of money. <laughs> 15 days of testimony. Most high-profile financial crime case in years. Um, Mr. Bankman-Fried's business empire at its peak was valued at $32 billion. At its peak. Well, what's eight billion when you got thirty-two in there? You know, uh, it only happened. The volatile crypto industry melted down only two years ago, uh, or just this last year. Um, it was riding high two years ago, melted down last year. Yeah, you remember two years ago, all the like basketball players, everybody, and uh, others being endorsed or endorsing cryptocurrencies. Prosecutors say he sold as much as $10 billion from FTX's customers to pay for investments in other firms, buy lavish real estate in the Bahamas, all this stuff. Pleaded not guilty, too. He's like, no, nah, I'm not guilty. Seven counts of fraud. He could face what amounts to a life sentence, so. Yeah, this. I mean, it's a really weird situation. Like, this guy, there's this whole thing, I think, that he and a number of other sort of, like, tech and uh, sort of crypto-type people right. are into called um effective altruism okay that has to do with you know doing whatever you want basically now if in the long run your con contribution to humanity would be of a greater value than the the bad things that you do oh, wow present. so like the idea is like for example uh elon musk He's uh, he's he he can do all kinds of crazy crappy stuff from his view and donate because eventually he's going to gonna make a rocket that's going to go to the you know to Mars and, and that's going to allow society. us to, to uh, colonize the uh, outer space right so I that kind of and it's apparently a very popular way of thinking in some like Ivy League sort of you know like Harvard and places like that they're. Which is surprising to me because, you know, in graduate school for me, I mean, that we would have just been like, come on. That's that seems a way of excusing yeah, a lot of 90% yeah, yeah. of like, your yeah, life. Yeah, eventually it's going to be like, I'm doing more. I could do than a bunch of are. douchebag stuff. What I'm doing is effective. Right. So it is all really altruistic in right. the end, sort of a thing. I'm trying to cure cancer, but I'm, I'm, I'm you know, killing animals and, and banging prostitutes and everything's fine yeah. because I'm curing cancer. Yeah. So yeah. it doesn't matter what I do. Yeah. Right. I see. That's wild. So, <sighs> crazy, huh? Yeah. Well, speaking of people paying up, Uber and Lyft agreeing to a massive fine, three hundred twenty-eight million total. Two hundred ninety from Uber, uh, thirty-eight million from Lyft. Charge drivers fees passengers were supposed to pay. So look at that. This is a big deal, and we were supposed to, I guess, as pastor passengers, supposed to be paying higher rates to kind of do this but it wasn't happening thousands of drivers could be eligible for a share of this settlement the companies allegedly cheated drivers out of earnings and denied some of them benefits they were due this is specifically in new york under new york labor laws uber was found to have shortchanged drivers from the years 2014 to 2017 while lyft took similar actions from 2015 to 2017 accused of charging drivers for state fees and taxes that have should have been paid by the riders so they ended up charging Gosh. the drivers for that. I'm just thinking back to those times. I know. Is that I mean in those years I ten remember, years ago. Yeah, it was about ten years ago. I remember hearing about 
sort of an epidemic of taxi drivers committing right. suicide. So this is like right at the time that all the taxi drivers are going out of business. They thought, yeah, and everything's over. Uber is undercutting, basically making the drivers, not taxi drivers, but Uber and Lyft drivers pay, pay that difference. Pay that difference. Yeah. So it's like that's the only reason they, as a company, were doing anything. And a lot of these companies, Uber and Lyft. They got away uh, for, with it for years. Yeah. Well, and also. Look how long it took to actually get the result yeah. ten, 10 years later. Well, you think about it on top of it. I don't know exactly the timeline here, but in a lot of new companies, especially those like app-based companies, yep. they are, you know, Amazon wasn't profitable for years. Right. And the only reason that they were doing business is because of investors. Right. They had venture capitalists that gave them a bunch of money. And so they put everyone else out of business. Remember when you could yeah, sell a, they're you buy a book for like a penny? Yeah. And that was, their, that was their gig. Yeah. So they bought up. They, they they dominated the market share and then then no one could compete. Yeah. You know? So they, they they ate it all up and it's sort of a similar strategy. Sort of a similar here. strategy you could see, I guess. They're like, Yeah, yeah, we'll just uh just make the drivers pay. Yeah. The customers will all start going to start going to Uber and Lyft because they're not having to pay for it. We could just make the I agree, man. Yeah, and you know, we're just starting to see the kind of resolution of those errors in in companies like this, and it takes that much time. It yeah. seems like you know, yeah. uh, it sucks, but well, at least progress is being made, I guess. Um, fall back. I hate I hate time zone stuff. How do you feel about daylight savings? I feel like we should eliminate it all. So yeah. we're what is it? It's one twenty one now, and it would be two twenty one. Right. I say yeah, abolish I it. Get, I, get rid of it. I don't know. My thing for my thing about daylight savings time is that for me, it's I, I don't like it. It messes me up. Yeah. But for like farmers and like field workers and stuff like that, I'm like, okay, yeah, that makes sense to to uh, to adjust things. I hear so you. So I'm good with it. I'm like, okay, it puts me out of uh, you know a couple of good hours of sleep sometimes and stuff. But in the end. I feel like it does still serve a purpose, but not for not for the majority of people. So I don't. And that's I the thing. I, I, yeah, I feel like it's an outdated thing that maybe we were all farmers back in the 1930s yeah. and 40s when this first started. You know, farmers al- almanac era. But now it's. I feel like on a national level, that we shouldn't be doing this like nationally. You know, like I we have programming software in my radio station. That, that can adjust, that for, adjust that. for it, and I don't feel like that that should be done on a national level. I feel like that, like what you're describing, farmers and the agricultural industry at large can do it on their own. You can set your clocks, you know, waking up an hour early, whatever. Yeah, I get it. Oh, it's it's darker. Oh, it's lighter. Whatever. I mean, that's your industry, though. Yeah. Why why is it like it is, general? Yeah, it's like one of those things where it's like, where yeah, we why work don't you uh, nine to five? Try and standardize that for the industry. Exactly. Yeah. Not as like a national thing. I guess that's my debate with or it. Or state, yeah. 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 So it's like, yeah, I could see that. And it, and experts say the changing clock uh, twice a year is bad for us, disrupting our sleep pattern. It really does. You I know? Mean, it jacks me up for like a month afterwards. Yeah, and we shouldn't have to do with that, man. Like, I don't know. Anyway. All right, last story of the week. This is crazy. Woman charged with deadly mushroom murder. She killed the mushrooms? <laughs> Dude. <laughs> I know. She's so She's horrible. <laughs> Look at her with the knife and everything in her hand. Right. No, so, okay, this was a story back, I don't know, a couple months back, where it was a national headline that this Australian woman cooked a meal, killed three people with these mushrooms that were like death cap mushrooms, right? 
Oh. Her, her name is Erin Patterson. She served a beef wellington to her in-laws in July. Three of her four guests died. Okay, so at the surface, that seems like it plausibly could be an accident. Oh, I got these mushrooms from my garden, whatever the story was. I didn't know they were poisonous, right? Got some lovely inky kips. Well, here's some interesting developments here, though. Check this out. Three people died, including her former husband's parents. They died after eating a lunch, including mushrooms, at Aaron Patterson's home in July. She insisted it was an accident. Investigators disagreed. Police say the 49-year-old was arrested in Thursday and charged with three counts of murder and five counts of attempted murder. Four people in their late 60s or early 70s were hospitalized the day after her lunch at her home, and three of them died. Gail and Don Patterson, the parents of her former husband, Simon Patterson, and Heather Wilkinson, Gail Patterson's sister. Heather Wilkinson's husband, Ian, survived, but spent almost two months in the hospital. So police are saying two counts of attempted murder relate to the lunch, while three others relate to separate incidents in 2021 and 2022 involving a 48-year-old man. Where she made him some beef the, wellington? The alleged this? victim in those cases wasn't named, though. Simon Patterson spent two weeks in an induced coma that last year with what he describes as serious gut problems. Investigators searched her property on Thursday, and police dogs paid a lot of attention to bushes near the home. Apparently, they said the arrest was the latest in a complex and thorough investigation. Wait, so Simon Patterson is her husband? So, Simon Patterson, parents of her former husband, Simon. Oh, Simon. They're not married anymore, but so yes. So, Simon Patterson, oh, he spent two weeks in the induced coma. Okay, all right. Yes. Good gosh, man. So, she's 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 giving everybody the... Uh... Yeah, this 48-year-old man, there's not much else we don't know about this section, but it apparently corroborated something to solidify to solidify this. the fact that they're yes. like, yeah, it looks like she's poisoning This people. is a pattern of something, right? And so Dude. they say, uh, here's the last paragraph. Patterson told investigators she served beef wellington made with store-bought mushrooms, but police say the four guests were hospitalized. Symptoms suggested they had consumed wild death cat mushrooms, which are so toxic that one bite can be fatal. She told police she had the same meal and suffered stomach pains and diarrhea. She admitted she had thrown away a food dehydrator after the meal, but she said it was because she panicked after her ex-husband accused her of killing his parents. So she survived and had, uh, and uh, it was something like, um, I, I, I read too, that her kids survived as well. And she didn't die. Her kids didn't die. But she was trying to kill her husband and his family for whatever reason. There was, Sounds like she gave them the actual mushrooms, right? And then they just had the residue, right? And they got sick from it, right? And they actually ate the mushrooms or yep. something like that. And there, there was uh, I, I don't know why I don't have that. Um, there was a, an additional paragraph here that said something along the lines of they had an argument with um, uh, the the family, and she invited them over to like resolve. This argument. Let's resolve the argument. Let's yeah. Let, let me make you a nice be meal. Bygones. Yeah. Let me make you a nice Goodbye, meal. Goodbye, gone. And that's that's what happened. Isn't wow. that crazy? So ruthless. Yeah. Look at her. She looks ruthless. <laughs> pretty crazy though, right? She looks pretty metal. <laughs> no. Yeah. 
Dude. All right. So what do you what do you think about that? I think um I think that my daughter is a big fan of mushrooms. Mm-hmm. She's like she's really interested in fungus and everything and yeah, the uh the death cap or the like inky cap and all those. Yeah. Not good for you. Buy them in the store, guys. You. Don't be going out into the uh into the woods. Yeah, don't do your, your own hugel culture if you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> That's it for us this week on the Rock News Weekly podcast, guys. Uh, make sure you check us out, rocknewsweekly.com, on demand, youtube.com, at Rock News Weekly. We'll see you guys next week. Have a good one. Thanks for watching. See you later. Peace. <laughs>